Good morning, Every Nation Reimser. We are continuing our series here and now, Mastering Your Monday. We are looking at how we can bring the truths of the kingdom into our everyday and live out successful days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Today we are going to be talking about failure, how to handle failure. So some time back, I had had my handbag stolen and my credit card had obviously gone with it. And as we were in the process of getting police clearances and various things or, or case numbers, should I say, I, we discovered that the person who'd stolen my credit card was using it for small amounts all over the place. And I was busy driving home from some church event and I happened to be passing Cresta and I got an SMS on my phone to say that the person had used my credit card at a fast food outlet in Cresta Mall. I was so excited. I did a very fast U-turn, headed back to Cresta. I thought, I am going to catch a criminal. He's right here in this mall. I'm going to find him. So I knew the, the outlet that he'd been using. I went over there. It was a Saturday morning. It was packed pre-COVID. That place was just filled with people trying to get their, their tasty snack cues out the door. I managed to get to the front desk and said to the lady on the till that this had happened and that the person who'd stolen my credit card had just used it there at the store. Her eyes lit up. She had obviously been praying all her life to be a detective. And here was her moment. She was going to help me to catch a criminal. So we went behind into the back room kind of of the, of the store. And there she began to show me the CCTV camera footage, which showed the tills and everyone paying at the tills. She found out the time that the transaction had happened and we stood there watching from about three minutes before the time, watching on the video footage, this stream of people coming to the shop and, and, and buying their food and paying with a credit card. And it was getting closer, three minutes, two minutes, one minute. And then I look up on the video feed and they're standing in the queue just one away from the front on the video feed is Andrew and my son Joshua. I am flabbergasted. Now I realize it's not only my credit card that sends me SMSs when it's used, it's also Andrew's credit card that I get messages. And here I am waiting to catch a criminal and it turns out that the criminal is my husband and my son. I am just in turmoil, what do I do? That literally the whole shop was backed up. They had stopped all the tills in order to come back and view this footage. And there are irate customers wondering why things are not moving. This woman is so excited to catch this criminal and she's saying to me, do you think that's them? Do you think that's them? And I'm seeing my son and my husband on the screen. You know what I went through my mind? I thought, you know what? I'm just going to say, oh, that that's, must be the criminals. She was going to send out a screenshot to all the security in Cresta. And, you know, as my husband and son left the mall, they were going to be arrested. And I was thinking the embarrassment was so high in my heart. I honestly contemplated not telling her that it was my son and my husband and just letting justice take, it, take its course. Luckily, sense prevailed and I turned to her with absolute mortification in my heart and said, I'm so sorry, but actually that's my husband and my son and they are legitimately using 
his credit card. I'm so sorry for all this inconvenience. She got this look on her face like thunder. You know, when you've been practicing and, and believing to be a detective for that many years, and now this woman steals your one chance, you're a little bit mad. And she was mad. Luckily, I was able to slip out of the shop before she called security on me and managed to go away. So, so we're talking about today, handling failure. This failure of mine was, was mostly embarrassing. You know, there were no, there were no long-term effects from it. It wasn't something that had eternal repercussions. The biggest problem was that I was just super, super embarrassed. But we all, we all experience failure. We've all made mistakes. We've all done things that we regret. And although this amusing failure on my behalf had no long-term consequences, it does illustrate how we all fail at times. Humans mess up often, and you and I are no exceptions. Unfortunately, many of our failures are more serious than the one I just shared. Today, we are going to talk about handling failure. And I want to have three points. Failure, faith, and fascination. You can say that to your neighbor. Failure, faith, and fascination. So looking at failure, we are in the stories of Jesus who's just gone up the mountain to pray and had crowds following him after he discovered that his, his cousin had been executed. He's fed the 5,000. And after that, he has sent his disciples across the river, I mean, across the lake, excuse me. And he went again up the mountain to pray. He sent them off across the lake at the end of the day towards the evening. And the Bible talks about how they had, had headed off to obey his command or his directive. And as soon as they got into the boat, a huge storm came up and they had had to battle against the storm in order to obey what Jesus had asked them to do. The significant opposition that came in the, in the form of the, the storm had caused them to be straining against the oars for hours. We pick up the story in Matthew 14 when it's the early hours of the morning. Clearly, they've been working hard the whole night, straining to be obedient disciples, working to go after the things that God has for them or that God has instructed them to do, and yet finding themselves not making ground despite their best efforts. They are not succeeding. One might call this some kind of failure, but to some degree, they must have been feeling dejected, overwhelmed. Just, gosh, are we in God's will? Are we not in God's will? Why all this opposition? Matthew 14 from verse 25 starts like this. During the fourth wash of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. My friends, sometimes the failure you're experiencing is no fault of your own. Those guys, you know, they, they were just trying to be good disciples. 
And yet the thing that they were meant to be doing was just out of their grasp. They just didn't seem to have the, the right strength, the right rowing ability. I don't know what it was, but just were not able to get ahead in what they felt called to. The winds and the waves were just too strong. You know, you, you've had moments when you've rowed all night where you've pushed against the opposition and you haven't seemed to get fur, further forward or haven't seemed to be able to accomplish what you thought you could accomplish. We've all had moments where we studied day and night for the exam and we still failed. How about when you put your best effort into that relationship with the one who, who you thought was the one and it didn't work out? How about those times you started a new job full of enthusiasm and diligence, diligence excuse me, and still you were retrenched? How about the time you prayed for the sick or you prayed for a loved one and they still passed on? You know, sometimes despite our best efforts, things don't work out. We, we are left holding failure on our lap and, and wondering, how did this happen? What could we have done differently? Where was God when I needed him? Sometimes failure happens to us. Of course, also, sometimes failure happens through us. Sometimes failure is of our own making. You know the times you didn't study for the exam when you should have. You weren't faithful to the one you loved. You didn't give the right time and diligence to the job you were given. You didn't control your temper. You didn't steward your finances well or show up when you should have. Sometimes failure happens to us and sometimes failure happens through us. You know, whichever one you are facing or have faced, it is tempting to feel that this failure disqualifies you from the blessings of God. We can lose hope in our futures, but that's not the story of the gospel. You see, it wasn't your greatness or strength or wisdom or good looks even that brought God down to earth to find you. It was your weakness, your brokenness, your inadequacy that called him to reach out to us, to come and find us. Jesus Christ came down because failure was happening to us and failure was happening through us. He came to rescue us from that failure. Romans 5 from verse 8 says this, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It wasn't your greatness that called God's mercy. It was God's greatness that came and found you. Failure does not disqualify us from the blessings of God. Failure qualifies us for the rescuing hand of our living Savior. You see, ultimately, you have nothing to prove to God. The beauty of God being all-knowing is that you can never disappoint Him. He knows things about you that you don't even know. He knows worse things about you than you think you are your worst things. But yet He still loves you. Yet He still reached out to you because He sees more than your failures. He sees who you can be in Him. And that's what He's going after. From before you were born, he knew the worst and the best about you. 
and still he came to find you. Your failure or your success doesn't define you. His love defines you. Just as pain can crack the window of our view of the world, as Calvin spoke about last week, so failure can mist over the glasses of our view of Jesus. The embarrassment, disappointment, exhaustion of our inability to do what, was, what we set out to do can cloud over our view of Christ. So what was once a brilliant, what was once in brilliant clarity, excuse me. So what was once in brilliant clarity now looks like a fuzzy ghost. As they fought the storm, the command go across the lake from the loving eyes of their savior now seemed like an angry death sentence. In your case, you've questioned the goodness of God, the rightness of his commands and the arms of his embrace sometimes have seemed like unfair restrictions. It's hard to remember his love, his power, his beauty. All we see are the phantoms of our failure, the ghosts of our ghastly circumstances and the apparitions of our inability. Failure clouds our capacity to see the goodness of God. But we have an option where we can remember, we can remember who God is. You see, the storm, your failure and inadequacy was never meant to drive you to find a cliched explanation, a trite answer to the impossibility of your situation, a justification for your inadequacy. It was meant to drive you to my next point, faith. You see, God doesn't always want you to find a solution. He wants you to find him. He wants you to come to him. Let's talk about faith for a moment. Faith, if you got through primary school, you will know it is spelt F-A-I-T-H. But I want to give you some alternative spellings for faith. Is that okay? The first one I want to talk about is that faith is spelt R-E-S-T, rest. Faith is spelt R-E-S-T, rest. In Matthew 8, there's another story about Jesus in the storm. And in that storm, he was in the boat. But even though the disciples thought they were going to drown, they found Jesus sleeping in the stern of the boat. When Jesus was caught in this great storm, he was found resting. He was found sleeping. And it has, has been said, you only have authority over the storms through which you are able to sleep. Remember, Jesus stood up and calmed that storm. It was his capacity to rest in the knowledge that, that his heavenly father was not going to let anything bad happen to him that gave him the capacity to stand up without fear and command that storm to be still. You only have authority over the storms that you are able to rest in. What does that mean? It means that when you can, when you can find a trust in God though the waves rage and the wind blows around you, when you can find that place of peace, that is the moment that that storm will subside. Learning to rest in God's goodness while storms rage around you is one of the great skills of Christianity. Faith is spelt R-E-S-T, but it's also spelt O-B-E-Y, obey. As Peter calls out to Jesus while he's in the boat, he's given an instruction, come. The beauty of all God's instructions are that they are more than commands, they are invitations. 
Invitations into blessing, fulfillment, significance, security. Safety is not found in the boat of mankind's ability. It is found in the surety of God's word. Safety is not found in the boat of mankind's ability, but in the surety of God's word. Faith is also spelt R-I-S-K. Taking risks in following Jesus is part and parcel of our faith. In very little of what we are called to do are the instructions given in minute detail. Mostly Jesus just gives us broad parameters. He gives us outcomes that we are meant to accomplish, make disciples, love one another as I have loved you. The details he leaves to us. And it's in those details in figuring out those details that we are going to have to take some risks. We're going to have to have to step out in some new things. It turns out that this demands vulnerability and trust. And these are the two marks of relationship. You see, faith brings us into relationship. It allows us to unmasked stand before God, take a chance, believe him, trust him, work out the details as we go, as he speaks to us and we speak to him. Faith demands that we take risks. Taking risks and following him means that sometimes we will fail. We may take our minds off the Savior and listen to the wind and the waves and find ourselves drowning in a deluge of doubt. But his response will always be to reach out his hand to save us as we call to him. The last point I want to talk about is we, we've talked about our failure, we've talked about faith. I want to talk about fascination. You remember when they all got back into the boat, it's, it's fascinating. G Peter goes and walks to Jesus. He takes a few steps and then he begins to get overwhelmed by his environment. And Jesus has to reach down and save him just before he goes under the water. And then it says, and then Jesus went with him to the boat and got in the boat with him. And immediately the wind died down. It's wild. It's like the wind and the wave were, waves were demonic attempt to keep Jesus away from his disciples. The minute he got to them, it was over. The test was over. The difficulty was over. Being with Jesus silences the storm. The interesting thing is when they got into that boat, Peter and Jesus, it says the disciples worshipped Jesus. You see, worship begins when you see that you have been given far more than you gave. When we see Jesus as he really is, where the, those foggy glasses are removed and he steps into our boat and we see him with us, we realize we have received so much more than we deserved. Ephesians 1, starting from verse 18, Paul the Apostle prays for the Ephesians church and he prays like this. He says, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might? He's praying that their hearts would be enlightened, that the eyes of their understanding would be opened, that they would be able to see this glorious thing, this hope, this inheritance, this greatness of God's power. When we see the hope, of what is before us and the grace that is with us and the power that is behind us. Even, even though we doubted, complained, dragged our feet and resisted his love, we have no choice but to fall down and worship.
despite our grumbling, our complaining, our misunderstanding, our wrong moves, our wrong choices. God still loves us and backs us with his power. It's the most amazing thing. And it, it's meant to call out to our souls, worship this living God who is so much better than you've ever imagined. If you find that you're not fascinated by the glory of who he is, overawed by his goodness and captivated by his powerful love, then the chances are he's still a fuzzy ghost in the distance. We can pray with Paul that God would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened, that we would know him better. A little while back as a church, we began to pray for one of the leaders in the Rosebank Church by the name of Ayanda. She had just had a baby and she had contracted COVID and was on ventilation. And, and we prayed night and day for her. Perhaps you remember that. Perhaps you were part of that. I, we believed that God was going to heal her. We stepped out. We took a risk. We obeyed God to pray for the sick. We trusted and rested that, that God would do this thing. And yet, despite our best efforts, despite our be best efforts, she went to be with the Lord. You know, for many of us, this was a great shock. For many of, this, for many of us, it left us breathless. It was like, Lord, as I've said earlier, where were you? What did we do wrong? How do we assimilate this? You know what I... What I was able to see from this is that as we began to pray for Ayanda, so many people seemed to just come out of nowhere to join us. There were people who said, I want to be a part of a church that would pray for someone like this. I want to be part of a community that would gather around a family in this way. And the witness of our serving Ayanda and her family most certainly spread far and wide and gathered and called people to Jesus. I noticed this about Peter, is that even though he failed in walking on the water, one of the other gospels says that when Jesus was coming walking towards the boat, he was going to pass them by. In other words, Jesus had no intention of getting in the boat. He was just going to the other side and he was expecting them to obey his command to, to go to the other side also. But Peter's willingness to call out to Jesus Peter's willingness to take the risk to step out on his word and come to him and walk on water when it was physically impossible. Peter's willingness to do that even though Peter technically failed. He'd had a few good steps and then, gosh, it didn't work. Technically, he messed the whole thing up. But you see, even then, Jesus grabbed him and, and went with him to the boat. So what ended up happening is that Peter's risk resulted in all of the disciples getting more of Jesus because God saw the faith in Peter's heart and he responded with his power, not in the way that perhaps Peter would have imagined, but in a way that was eternally valuable to a community. Since then, we've had the delightful news of having to pray for another woman who had a baby and then contracted COVID. She just had a cesarean section. You will, you will know her, Mutlatso, Teddy, one of our own and beloved staff members. 
as I'm recording this, we just heard today that she's been discharged after being on the brink of not making it, of, of needing to go into ventilation. And, and God stepped down and rescued her. And this is what I've learned, is that the more you step out and believe God, the more you take those risks, the more you overlook your past failures and look to the goodness of God and say, it's not about me, it's about you, a God who's willing to rescue me, even if I don't make it. The more we press past that, the, the fear of failure to the goodness of God on the other side, the more miracles we see, the more consistently we see them. We've all failed at some time, but this does not separate us from him. Instead, we can allow it to drive us to step out of the boat of our complacency onto the sure word of our savior and to find him anew in clear focus amidst the chaos. There is a God who's walking on the lake toward you. Call out to him, walk to him, take the risks. Whether you fail or succeed, you will succeed because his grace is with you. Amen. Mm -hmm.